0: This is Poetry from Studio 47, welcome. Today's poet is Barbara Crooker. She was born on November 21, 1945 in Cold Spring, New York. After completing high school, she attended Rutgers University where she graduated with a BA in 1967. She then went to Elmira College for a master's in education. Crooker taught at a number of institutions of higher education throughout the 1970s and turned to writing when her first daughter was stillborn. A prolific poet, her work often focuses on family and her children. This is especially true of her son, David, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. Of this, Crooker has said, It's a huge paradox to live with, having some faculty with language myself, while having a child for whom language isn't necessary. Her books include Radiance, Line Dance, Gold, Small Rain, The Book of Kells, and Some Glad Morning. She has won a variety of awards, including the Pen and Brush Poetry Prize, the W.B. Yates Society of New York Award, the Thomas Merton Poetry of the Sacred Award, and the Patterson Award for Literary Excellence. She has been a finalist for the Pushcart 50 times, and she has also been a finalist for a Grammy. Her work has appeared on the BBC, on the Australian Broadcasting Company, and on National Public Radio. She lives and writes in Pennsylvania. Today's poem is Book of Kells. If you've ever had the good fortune to visit Dublin, there is an excellent chance you've seen one of the treasures of that city. The Book of Kells is an illuminated manuscript that was created by Irish monks around the year 800 AD. It's a large book, some 280 pages in length, and it's a reproduction of the four Gospels of the New Testament. It's written in breathtakingly beautiful calligraphy, and it's painted in vibrant reds, purples, and yellows. There are also fine drawings of humans, mystical animals, and intricate Celtic knots. Most striking of all, it is inlaid with generous amounts of gold leaf. This is what makes it an illuminated manuscript. Such ancient books are called illuminated because, if read by candlelight, as was often the case back then, the flickering flame would make the word of God appear to shimmer. It appeared to be alive, illuminated. The book itself is named after the Abbey of Kells in Ireland. It was associated with this monastery for centuries before it was brought to the library at Trinity College, Dublin in 1661. That we have the Book of Kells at all is something of a minor miracle. It survived numerous Viking raids in the 10th century, which means the monks must have hid it very well. Given how decorated and intricate this 1,200-year-old book is, chances are that it rested on the high altar at Kells and that it was used only for mass. It was probably not used for educational purposes. As with any handwritten manuscript, sometimes mistakes were made by the scribes, and when this happened, the Irish monks crossed the errant word out and then had an arrow pointing to a box of red dots on the side. In some cases, the monks who created this invaluable masterpiece drew little birds on the side of the page to entertain themselves, or they sometimes doodled Celtic loops. Not surprisingly, illuminated manuscripts fell out of favor when Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1450. It would be another 500 years before an illuminated Bible would be created, and it happened in Collegeville, Minnesota, when the monks of St. John's Abbey commissioned the St. John's Bible. Work was begun in 1999, and it was finished in 2011. It is astoundingly beautiful, and I'm sure the monks of Kells would approve of what the monks of Collegeville have created. Before I read our poem for today, I should point out that a Catholic priest named Henri Nouan is mentioned in the last few lines. He was interested in spirituality, community, and social justice. His contemporary and modern words are an appropriate way to end this poem about an ancient manuscript. This is Book of Kells by Barbara Crooker. The text of the day is open to Luke, chapter 16, verse 10. The initial N, made up of blond men facing off, grappling and tugging at each other's beards, becomes the first word in the section that warns us that no servant can serve two masters irony intended. Later, in beautiful insular majestcule, the open letters filled in red and blue, we read, you cannot serve both God and money. I wish that these words would rise off the page, a swarm of bees become honey to spread on our daily bread. When the scribes made an error in a world before whiteout, the correct word was inserted in a box of red dots. Aren't there words today we'd like to amend like that? In this dimly lit room, circling glass cases, I return to view the same vellum over again, 1,200 years later, clear as the day it was written. I think of Henri Nouwen. The word is born in silence, and silence is the deepest response to the word. Poetry from Studio 47 is hosted and curated by Patrick Hicks. This episode was recorded at Augustana University and produced by Peter Folliard.